We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. So, I want to tell you a little bit about my life before I found joy in Christ. And this life, it started back when I was in high school, really. I was anxious, nervous, depressed, didn't know what was really going on. Everyone's like, oh, it's hormones, oh, you're just a teenager, oh, it's this, that, and above. And I was like, you know what, maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't really know what it is. But I hit 22 and I still felt this way, I still felt anxious, depressed, and awkward, and I just didn't know what to do with it. So. Finally, when I was 21, I just thought, wow, uh, alcohol works. It makes me feel confident. It makes me feel passionate. I can talk to women. I'm just so, so into what alcohol is doing for my life. And then it flipped the script. Instead of being a tool to make me better in life, it started to destroy my life, right? And instead of waking up, you know, a little depressed, a little anxious, my anxiety was like gripping. My whole sternum felt like it was caving in. My depression was debilitating. It was as if I couldn't get up in the morning. And also I had a hangover from you know where. And I started to lose things. I started to lose my sense of self, who I thought I should be or could be or even was. I started to lose jobs. I started to lose opportunities. And then I started to lose friendships. And that was kind of difficult for me because I, I made all these friendships and I thought, you know, they're my drinking buddies, but then I burnt them so fast because of who I was becoming. And then I lost a, a relationship in college. You know, I was dating this woman for two years and we thought we were gonna get married. And then the person I allowed myself to become, the person I fell into becoming, destroyed that relationship. I lost a lot. And I ended up living in my mom's basement, just broken, angry at myself, angry at the world, and having suicidal thoughts. Not willing to act on them, but just contemplating them daydreaming about them, and it was just sick. So when we jump to the present and the moments where God has shifted my life, I get to say that in a few weeks, I'm, I'm celebrating six years sober. You know, that's, that's a miracle in itself because I could barely get six days sober back in the day. So I'm celebrating being in my home for a year that I was able to buy. And y'all, I had bad credit for a long time, and that takes rebuild so by the grace of God that stuff has gone up praise Jesus also I got a car I got my license back which I lost when I was drinking so many things but it's not just these material things that I got back I got back church brotherhood that loves me that I can I can tell my crap to them and they'll stand next to me in it and guide me out of it I have a relationship with a woman who I love dearly we're planning to get I have joy, basically. I love myself and I have joy. So, how did this happen? How does this happen for anyone else? How does that happen for you? How does it happen for your brother, your sister, your mom, your cousin, your friend, I don't know, your friend that may live in Georgia? How does it happen for them? So we go to John 15, and this is gonna be Jesus speaking the whole time. And that's important. I think when Jesus speaks through the scripture we're talking about, it's much more impactful. But we're starting off in verse 11, so it's kind of fun. We're starting a little further back like a good movie, jumping back to the beginning, and then we go through again to the end. So verse 11 says, these things I've said to you, that my joy, this is Jesus, 
that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So Jesus Christ wants to give us his joy, but then he's not just saying you'll get a little bit of joy. He said, you're going to experience to the full extent. You're going to get the full amount of joy. Verse 1, now we're in the beginning, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So Jesus is the true vine, which means he is the foundation of our life. The branches of the vine are worthless if the vine doesn't exist, if it doesn't give nutrients to the branches. So the other important aspect of this also is that the Father comes into relationship with us when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Point one is that joy occurs when Jesus Christ is our foundation. Verse two says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, he being the father, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So if we're connected to Jesus through relationship, we're going to bear more fruit. And this is because the father He's going to take away the things that we might not want to give away. These things that we're used to, they may hurt our lives, they may slow us down, they may keep us playing small. And we're not ready to give them up yet, but the Father says, I need to take these away. They may be self-hatred, debilitating thoughts about yourself, toxic relationships that you know you have been in forever. They may be just those things, those past wounds that you haven't been willing to let go. Maybe a resentment, maybe just an old hurt. But when we do let these go, when we give these to Christ, the Father prunes them, He takes them on. And then the amazing thing is He brings blessings after. So, we go into verse three and it says, already you are clean because the word I have spoken to you. Now this is amazing because the gospel is cleansing. We all kind of know that if you've been around church for a while. And we know that Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection is what brings us to Christ. It's what makes us right in the sight of the Father. But since Jesus Christ has cleansed us, there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves clean. It's all in Christ. It's all in that foundation that we have in Christ. And that's an important thing to know as we go on through the scripture. So in John 1, 1 to 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So think about this. The word that was with God in creation, the word that was there in the beginning, the word that is God, is speaking words into your life. Now, another important thing is Jeremiah 1.5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. We're going to talk about words here and the importance of them in this message. And consecrated means to speak over. So the word that was with God, that is God, that created all things, spoke words into you to cleanse you. But before that, he knew you and consecrated and spoke over you. This is huge. This means that point two is basically amazing because it says we can find joy knowing that God chose us before we were formed. Before you were made, God chose you. God knew you. God knew he was going to cleanse you through Christ Jesus. Another important word we need to know is the word abide. That, and that word, does anyone know what that word means? You can just say it out on the TV land out there. You don't know, okay, abide means to accept or act in accordance with. And when I read verses four to six and probably some more verses onward, I might change the word abide to act in accordance with or accept because it'll be more impactful for you and for me. 
So let's jump into verses four and six, or four to six. It says, abide in me, or accept me, or act in accordance with me, and I will with you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides or acts in accordance in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me, aka act in accordance with me or accept me. Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He goes on to say, if anyone does not abide in me, if anyone does not accept me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. So without accepting and acting in accordance with the will of Jesus, we cannot experience the life-altering blessings that he has for us. If we act in accordance with Christ, we experience a renewal of self. We experience a new beginning. And to act in accordance with him is, means we have to let go of hatred. It means we have to let go of anger, this, this frustration, and other destructive uh, thoughts and feelings that we're, we're having in our minds. We must give these to Christ. So point three says, Act in accordance with the will of Jesus Christ, and you will experience joy. We go further into verse 7. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So think of it this way. Accept me and act in accordance with me, and my words will accept you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So, when we act in accordance with Christ, that means... We're reading scripture, right, deeply, intentionally, and we're praying honestly and vulnerably to God about whatever we need to pray. And remember, God already knows. That's the amazing thing. The Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are the Alpha and the Omega. They are beginning and the end. They were the four creation. They know what's going to happen in the future. They know everything that happened in the past. They know everything occurring in the present. It's amazing. So we don't need to come to them with these false pretenses in prayer. We just need to come to them as vulnerable as we can because it's not really for God because he already knows. It's for us so we can give these things to him and be free of them. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old have passed away. Behold, the new has come. So come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Surrender your life to him because he has already surrendered his life to you on the cross. He surrendered his life to sanctify you and change your life because the father told him he sent he changed our lives and everyone else chosen by the father so point four says if we offer our lives to jesus we will we will receive more than we ever expected we're jumping into more scripture in matthew 17 20 jesus says if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And then we go on to 1 John 5, 14. It says, if you ask anything according to his will, his will being Jesus, he hears us. So if we act in accordance with Jesus, we can ask for anything. Those mountains of fear, anxiety, depression, debt, anger, frustration, those past wounds, those things that are holding us back and making us small, those mountains can be thrown out of our mind. They can be thrown away and moved from our lives. And that is an amazing gift that Christ gives us, that these mountains are just displaced. We don't do anything. We just give them to him and he tosses them out. 
So point five is this, and I need you to get this because it's so important. It's misery is optional. Joy is a choice. I'm gonna say it one more time. Misery is optional. Joy is a choice. So are you willing to put your faith in Christ towards a life of joy? Are you willing to come to him unabashedly, unreservedly, and give yourself to him in full? Full vulnerability to Christ, being open and honest with him in your prayers, in your thought life, and allowing him to work through you. Because if you do this, you're choosing joy instead of misery. Misery doesn't have to be the thing you sit in or wallow in. Joy is a choice. We choose it by choosing Christ as our Lord and Savior and choosing to walk with Him. So verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. So think about this. The Father that prunes us, that takes away all these things, He says this. He says, I'm going to take this crappy thing away out of your life and then I'm going to give you this good thing because that glorifies me. So the Father takes away, gives, and then He is glorified. That is amazing because His glory glory always comes to us getting a blessing. So when we are freed from spiritual bondage, we can produce these fruits. We can bear fruits in our lives. And the fruits we bear in our lives are how we can serve other people, how we can help them grow in Christ into that new creation that they're meant to become. So God may bless us with wisdom to preach, to teach. He may bless us with a a soft heart to listen and be there and hold space for someone. He may bless us with the ability to speak into someone's life in a one-on-one conversation and mentor them. God may even bless you with finances that allows you to grow your church and other community organizations in your area. Another thing God may bless you with that would be amazing as a fruit would be the ability to have an entrepreneurial spirit and to grow a workplace that is Christ-centered and allows every employee there to not only grow in their career, but to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Now, if you were to bear any of those fruits, you'd be like, dang, my life is growing, my life is changing, and I'm helping others grow in their lives. So one important thing is that God will allow our fruits to benefit others while benefiting us as well. But remember this. Your fruits that you're going to bear, they're for you, but they're not about you, right? They're for you, but they're not about you. You know, that raise you get, it's for you, but it's also that the church gets a raise, right? When we're tithing, the church gets a bump. That that ability just to, that thing you're learning in Christ by reading the Bible, by praying deeply, that's for you to feel that peace with Christ, but it's also, it's also for others to get that peace from you when you tell them. So, verse 9 to 10 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And again, this is Jesus talking. He says, Abide in my love. Accept my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So, loving God with all your heart, your strength, your mind, and your soul. Doing this allows you to love yourself deeply. And this divine self-love allows us to love others very deeply as well. So when we love God, we bear the fruit of self-love. When we love ourselves, we're able to bear these fruits that, that let us speak into others' lives. And people like to say in Christian communities, like, 
oh, you know, I don't want to be too haughty and love myself too much. But God didn't create you to beat yourself up. God created you to love yourself and love others. What, are they, what does it say? It says, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then it says, love others as you love yourself. You're meant to love yourself. So it's God, you, then you love others. That's how you are for your mess. And these can, these can create relationships where businesses are formed, creative ideas are formed, community projects are formed. You know, this, this type of self-love creates a new possibility for your whole community, then your region, then the whole world. So loving God lets you love yourself, then love others, which builds your community. So this is why we must not fall into like disrespecting our parents or stealing from others or murder. And I know you're like, murder sounds so intense, Zach. It sounds so intense. Like, why are you talking about murder? I would never murder anyone. Think of this. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, if you have anger in your heart, you're committing murder. It goes on to say, if you have lust in your eyes and in your mind, you're committing adultery. Certain thoughts, certain convictions can make us live in a way where we're coveting or where we're stealing from. So, and we don't just steal things. We can steal peace. We can steal time. We can steal someone else's love. And if we feel and think this way towards others, we're not loving them. We're not creating joy in the situation for ourselves or for them. So one thing I want to say that is just so profoundly important for me to remember is that love is not just a word or an action. Love is an intention and a commitment to show up for others as Christ-like as you can. I'm going to say that again. Love is not just a word or an action. It's an intention or commitment to show up as Christ-like in your relationships. For yourself, for your family, for your friends, as you can. You need to love yourself as Christ loves you. You need to love your family as Christ loves you. You need to love your friends as Christ loves you, and so on and so forth. You need to love that person that you really don't like as much as Christ loves you. You know those people you think are weird and that maybe have different ideas of politics or sexuality? You need to love them as Christ loved you. Because guess what Christ did? He sat with the sinners, the debaucherous people, the people that society had cast out. He healed lepers, he healed the sick, he healed prostitutes. He did everything he could to be with the sick and the needy. And God is calling us to be with anyone, everyone who needs to hear the gospel. We don't know how we're going to affect anyone's life with the gospel, but we need to be there for them as Christ was when he was walking on the earth. So, point six, all that to say point six, is that serving others brings joy. And now we're back. We're back to that one spot where I said, this is kind of near the end, like a good movie. We're at verse 11, and it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And... We go through this all to say that when Christ is your foundation, your joy will be full. When the things that that I want to hold on to that are hurting me get pruned away by the Father and I start bearing fruit, my joy will be full. When I start serving others, my joy will be full. When I start loving myself because I love God so much and then I can love others through that self-love, my joy will be full. So. I want you to experience full joy. 
So I want you to abide in Christ. Let's go on to see what else Jesus says from verse 12 to 17. And we're going to go kind of fast through this. It says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. He goes on to say that you are my friends if you do what I command you. So, Jesus is saying, if you abide in me, if you love others as I have loved you, you are following my commandments. In Romans it said, Paul says that the greatest thing we can do is love other people and it fulfills all the commandments. And Jesus Christ, funny enough, has already laid his life down for us more than 2,000 years ago. He already knew he was going to be friends with us before we even knew he existed. Christ chose us before we chose him. And that's amazing. And he goes on to say it further. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you will love one another. And that's so profound. That's, that's so deep because when, when we love God with everything we have, we love each other, we love ourselves with everything we can, and we fulfill the commandments. Because there's no room for coveting, there's no room for stealing, there's no room for murder, there's no room for lying or deceit or adultery when we're loving each other deeply as Christ loved us. So, point seven goes on to say, joy comes from love. And true love comes from friendship with Jesus. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.